What up, what up, what up, everyone? This is the Dr. Football Podcast. I'm Dr. Dennis Tian, MD. I'm here with my main man, Justin Fine, the CEO of Hedge Better. This is the Dr. Football Podcast. This is the official NFL preview edition of the podcast. The NFL season, thank God, is upon us. The worst and most boring and most irrelevant preseason in NFL history is now officially over. And I say thank God. You will hear a lot of things in this podcast today. We're going to talk Patriots. We're going to talk we're going to talk NFL. We're going to go division by division. We're going to make some bold predictions. The one thing, Justin, that you won't hear in this podcast is the sound of planes going over our heads because I'm not recording anywhere near an airport. Are you? Nope. I'm in the office today. Good. So unlike, unlike um, Bill Belichick, who had one of the most bizarre press conferences in Patriots history yesterday um, with, with airplanes, flying over his head as he was trying to answer questions. You won't have to worry about that at all today on the podcast. Justin, did you see that press conference yesterday? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. How did you miss that? That was crazy. He was out in this field in Palm Beach, and they're, like, right next to the airport, and you can't even hear the reporters. I mean, literally, planes are, like, landing right over their heads as they're trying to answer all these questions. It was it brought to mind to me, uh, this is going back way before even I was a fan, right? But um, in the 1970s, the Patriots hired some guy named Cleve Rush to be their head coach. And Rush, okay, got electrocuted at his first preseason conference, press con- at his first introductory press conference because the microphone was electrocuted. The guy stepped up to the podium and the guy got electrocuted. And that was a bizarre chapter in Patriots history and sort of like legendary. And I'm like, I think yesterday's press conference might have been the most bizarre Patriots press conference since Cleve Rush actually, you know, electrocuted himself at the podium. So uh, why were they like, what was it just like near the practice field or like, what was the deal? Yeah, it was on the the practice field in, 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 in the Miami area, which is Palm Beach, which, by the way, is like 80 miles north of Miami. But the practice field is right next to the Palm Beach airport. So. Um, they, 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 there were planes landing as he was doing the press conference. Press conference. I mean, I can't. I can't imagine Bill Belichick at a press conference having too much. That he honestly, sometimes he just kind of sounds like a like a low frequency plane engine, just kind of just humming his way through the the press conference. No, no, no. <laughs> this was like a plane landing, landing right over his head. It was crazy. <laughs> but but anyways, let let's get to it, man. Let's get right to it. And let's and let's talk. Let's start. We're going to begin, as always, Justin, with, you know, we do this pretty much every episode, but I'm going to call this segment from now on 30 good minutes about the Patriots. So that's how we're going to start from now on with 30 good minutes about the New England Patriots before we move into the league. And sometimes it might be more. Sometimes it might be less, depending on what's going on. But let's begin there. And I want to start, Justin, by by taking a big step back and looking at the big picture about the 2022 season for this New England Patriots team. I think that there have been very few moments, very few moments in, 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 in Patriots history that have been as much of a crossroads as the moment we're at right now. And I really think that there, that you would have to go back quite some time to find another year or another season where this franchise was at as big a crossroads as it's at right now you look 
across the, you look at the situation. Okay. Brady is gone. They're three years out from Brady. The dynasty is over. It's, it's gone. The, there are very few players on this roster that even played in a Super Bowl, even though they only won a Super Bowl like four years ago. Um, there, there is, there is uncertainty up and down this roster and you have a young quarterback, most of all, a young quarterback heading into his second year. What happens this year with Mac Jones and how he develops and the rest of this team and how some of these young players develop is going to set the course for the next five, 10 years of this team. You look across the league when a team makes an investment in a young quarterback and that young quarterback is not successful, right? Sam Darnold, um, Baker Mayfield is, is an example. Um, uh, Marcus Mariota was number one pick. Jameis Winston, right? When you make, when a team makes an investment in a high draft pick quarterback and that player does not pan out, it sets them into a spiral. It changes their course. They have to do something else. Yes, sometimes they get lucky. They stumble on Tom Brady like Tampa Bay did with Jameis Winston. Sometimes they're still struggling and drafting the next guy that looks like a loser too, like the Jets did. But when a team makes an investment in a franchise quarterback and it doesn't work out, that is a devastating setback for that franchise. And if you look at this situation now with Mac Jones, Going into his second year, he is either going to take those steps and become that kind of player, and the Patriots will know that they are all set for the next 10 years, or he is going to regress, and and and, and this team is going to go backwards and maybe have to go back to the drawing board in a year or two. Justin, do you agree with me that this is a crossroads season for this franchise for perhaps the first time in a long time. And if it is, when was the last time this team was at a crossroads like this? Oh, definitely. I mean, we've talked all preseason about how the one bright spot seems to be their young quarterback, right? We've talked about how, you know, their O-lines in shambles, their weapons aren't that great. You know, their defense probably isn't as good as people think it is. But everyone's looking forward to see how Mac Jones takes that leap in his his second year. He's He's a captain now. Um, like you said, first round pick, he, he, we are looking at him to, to, to build, rebuild this franchise. Right. So it's huge, man. It's, it's really big. Like, I, I think we can both agree that Mac is supposed to be maybe the brightest spot on this roster. Right. Oh, absolutely. I think he is right now, but we've seen other quarterbacks that have come in in their first year and had like a really good year or shown flashes. And then, and then, you know, regressed in their second or third year and then three or four years later. I mean, let's not forget, we we consistently crap on a guy like Mitchell Trubisky. Don't forget, what was he in his first year with the Bears? Like 12 and three or something like that? You know, other quarterbacks have come in and looked really good and then not taken that step to the next level. Sometimes they go backwards. And when you look at what um, a lot of the things happening in this franchise, a lot of the questions surrounding Mac Jones that completely have nothing to do with him as a player, I mean – there, there is a lot, there's a rationale out there that says this guy's going to regress. And if he does, it is going to be devastating to this franchise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if Mac Jones regresses, I mean, as Patriots fans, what do we have to, to lean on? You know what I mean? We have, we have a coach who we're, we're losing faith in, you know, as, as the weeks go by, it's or at least so it seems, um, you know, we're, we're completely, uh, 
you know, completely trying to rebuild our, our offense, right? We have all, all new pieces um, over the last two years. Um, and again, in, in our defense, we don't, you know, we, we traded away guys like J.C. Jackson. So, I mean, yeah, it, you know, as a Patriots fan, I think Mac is like, you know, if you feel good about the Patriots this year or you have a positive outlook on where this team can can get to and how they can perform, I would say that Mac's probably like a majority of that reason why you feel that way. I, I, I absolutely 100% agree with you. Imagine how you're going to feel going into next year or at the end of this year, if Mac has like, you know, a lousy year, like throws like 14 touchdowns and 16 picks and they're, they're six and 11. And I mean, think of your, what your mindset is going to be if that happens this year, you know, you're going to, we're, we're going to be looking at the Patriots as a franchise as being frankly, just another franchise, uh, a franchise without a plan, um, no succession plan, a quarterback or clear succession plan, a quarterback. And, and um, just, just really a whole lot of mediocrity at best ahead of them for the next chapter, you know, and, and there will be talk of if, if, if they need to go in another direction, a quarterback, I mean, you know, Look at look at Sam Darnold. Look at Daniel Jones. Uh, after three years in New York, there's already you know people wanting him out for good reason. So like it's totally imaginable that if things don't go well this year, you know think of where your mindset's going to be about this franchise. I, I feel like at that point, you know the dynasty is over. The Belichick magic is is like I just feel like completely you know squelched. It's just it's a memory of the past and 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 really. You're you are a below average to average or worse NFL franchise at that point, you know? A hundred percent. I mean, look at some of the, you know, some of the top tier franchises in the NFL, aside from the Patriots who had, you know, their their reign of dom- uh, dominance, you know, in earlier years, teams like the 49ers, the Cowboys, um, the the Steelers, right? right? Like we still haven't seen the Cowboys or 49ers win another Super Bowl since their heyday. And the only reason we saw the Steelers win another, you know, or two more Super Bowls since their dynasty ended was because they found that next franchise quarterback, future Hall of Famer in, in Ben Roethlisberger, right? So, like, it, it's not just enough to be the Patriots. It's not, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not just enough to, to say, we are the Patriots, we've had success in the past, and that's going to continue because it clearly is difficult once you lose some of those key pieces and key players that made your franchise or turned your franchise into a dynasty – it's not easy to get back to the top. And if you do get back to the top, it's because you found a new crop of long-term franchise players. I mean, and, and imagine the opposite, right? Like what, what if Mac goes out and has a terrific year and they win like 12 games this year? You, you know, I think at that point they develop young players. They've got a franchise quarterback. You're looking at the next 10 years and you're saying, man, this thing's going to continue. This team's going to be a contender. They got a, they found a star young quarterback. They've got some good young players developing. They still got Belichick. This team is going to have a five-year run where they're going to be right in the mix. You know, so when I say it's a crossroads year, that's what I mean. Like, I, I don't know if I can ever remember a year in my entire time as a Patriots fan, going back to the early 90s when I first really started being a fan, I don't know if I can ever remember a season where I just felt like the fate of the franchise was going to swing so wildly one way or the other. Like there are two divergent paths here. And it's of course very much based on which way Mac Jones goes this year, which is why it's so frustrating that he has so much against them with the coaching because, um, you know, I just feel like 
you know, I mean, we really need him to develop. The When was the last time? Can you think of another season, Justin, when, when this team was at a crossroads like they are right now? I mean, yeah. I can think I of know. one. I can throw one out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you – Okay, is it, I'm going to throw one out. What's that? I mean, were you going to say, like, the transition to, like, the blood so era, or is that – no, I wasn't even thinking that because I just don't feel like there was as much at stake then. I'll, I'll throw one out there. 2014, okay, they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo the season before that yep. in the second round. Okay, Brady there were had not won a Super Bowl in 10 years, and there were legitimate questions about whether Brady was sort of aging and past his prime and, and whether Brady was ever going to win another ring. And – you know, I think that was a crossroads year, but I don't know if it was as big or as wild a crossroads as this was. You know, they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year, and then they ended up winning three of the next five. So things went one way versus the other. But I think that's the last time, and that was eight seasons ago now, that I could say that this franchise was at any sort of crossroads. Yeah, and I mean, you you still at that point had the security of, well, okay, we drafted Jimmy, and, you know, there was some stuff up in the air, but like, you still had Tom Brady. You know what I mean? So at this point, it's like, hey, if things don't work out with Mac, you don't have a Tom Brady there. You know, so it's I I would I agree. It's it's not nearly the magnitude that we're facing right now. Exactly. Exactly. OK, um, let, let's move on, Justin. Let, let's let's talk a little bit about a few things that happened with with the with the team this week. And then we're going to get into um and then we're going to get into um, um, the actual NFL preview piece of, of the show. Um, I guess I guess bef- before anything, I, I want to talk to you about um, about uh, Cole Strange, and and Cole Strange is going to be the starting, I believe, left guard uh, going into the game in Miami um, next Sunday. This Sunday is Cole Strange ready? for this kind of, 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 of burden. Like it, it just feels to me like you're throwing this FBS player who's, who's playing as guys that weren't even good enough to make NC, you know, division one college football um, last year. And you're throwing them out there week one in Miami. Um, it seems a little crazy to me. I'm going to be watching Cole Strange pretty closely on Sunday. Justin, what do you, what do you think about Cole Strange as a starting guard week one? Well, look, if you, reach on a guy in the first you know if you take a guy in the first round that was projected to go in the third round like he better damn well be ready to start week one you know what i mean like especially a guard yeah especially a guard. right like that's that's one of those situations where it's like you've kind of forced your hand like you don't reach in the first round for a third round prospect on someone that's going to be a project and not be able to contribute until you know later in the season or season number two, et cetera, right? Like you're doing that because you're ready for him to make an immediate impact. So I I would, whether he's ready or not, I would expect that he's ready and he better be, or he's going to face a world of criticism from Pats fans. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's going to face criticism or Bill Belichick's going to face criticism because I mean, you know, uh, is it really fair to put this kid out there as a starter in week one? Probably it isn't. Now, if Bill Belichick is the genius that we all think he is, then 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 we're going to say that he saw something in Cole Strange special, and and that's why Cole Strange um, is out there starting in Week One. But if and that's why the Patriots took him in Week One. But if this doesn't go well 
on Sunday and Cole Strange is a liability or gives up a few sacks, you know, isn't, isn't, isn't good in the running game. And, and, and it's a huge problem, especially if they lose, you know, it really is going to, again, deflect back to, to Belichick and, and Matt Patricia and all the things we've been talking about all preseason. Yeah, I know a hundred percent. It's, 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 you know, all eyes on the coaching staff through their players, right? Like they're the ones who have, you know, made these roster choices. They've made these selections. Um, and this is the, the, the team that they're putting out there. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, everything does come back to these coaches. You know what I mean? We've talked about, like you said, um, the drafting and, you know, we've also talked about like the personnel choices. We've talked about, um, the coaches and their roles in the lack of an offensive coordinator. Um, so yeah, you know what I mean? Everything in the field is a direct reflection of, of these three, I say mainly bill, but these three, I mean, I would say an FBS player, even if you have the highest hopes for him, I don't think it's fair to put that player in, in week one of their rookie season as a starter. But but they're doing it. They're rolling with it. And and I'm going to be watching. I think a lot of us are. And 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 certainly, uh, if it doesn't go well, it's, it's going to be something that I think is a major discussion point in the following week. Justin, uh, did you happen to hear um, Troy Brown, who's the Patriots wide receivers coach now, had some pretty, I thought, candid comments about a guy we've talked about a few times on the podcast that's Kendrick Bourne did you happen to hear Troy Brown's comments about Kendrick Bourne this week I did it but I'm guessing by the sounds of it they weren't uh all rainbows and lollipops let me read it for you he said obviously he's talking about Bourne. obviously he hasn't had the type of offseason that he had last year but he's been working at it just like everybody else he's coming along and he's getting more reps as we go into the first game here he's getting more reps and we're going to play the guys who deserve to play what a, what does that comment register with you? Um, you know, what, what do you think about Brown? I think being pretty outspoken in subtle, subtle way, maybe about Kendrick Bourne. I think that's, you know, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is whether that's a shot at the on the field talent or the work ethic, because I think, we agree that he's a talented guy and we saw flashes of talent last year. Right. And I mean, there's no reason to believe he got less talented from one year to the next. I mean, he's, he's still a young guy, uh, young kid. I think it's a direct reflection on maybe his work ethic and his attitude. Um, and maybe they didn't see, you know, the dedication in the off season or, or in the preseason um, that they were hoping. Maybe, maybe they figured, okay, he was our, our one bright spot at, at receiver last year. And maybe he's going to take that, that next step to be, you know, our, our go-to guy, our, our, you know, our, our starting wide receiver alongside Parker, our go-to guy. Um, and maybe they just haven't seen that. And, and, and again, I think that goes back to probably his work ethic and his attitude. Um, do you think Justin, I mean, can we agree that in the context of how the Patriots coaching staff usually speaks about pretty much anything, can we agree that it is a shot, right? I mean, that I think that's a huge shot across Kendrick Bourne's bow. Like coming out as his position coach, outwardly saying he hasn't had a good offseason. He's he has he needs work. That's basically what he's saying. He wasn't prepared. He needs work. And we're going with the, the guys that actually did what they were supposed to do. Isn't that more or less what Troy Brown is saying about Kendrick Bourne? I, I think it's very telling because one of the mysteries of this preseason has been. What the heck has 
gone wrong with Kendrick Bourne? Well, this comment from Troy Brown, it does give you a little window into what happened. And, and the fact that, that this is being said publicly by one of the Patriots coaches tells you that they're they're this is this is this is more about his work ethic and his preparation and his conditioning than it is about his talent as a player. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. I think that's exactly the the shot that's being taken is that hey, you were expected to be a day one contributor and pick up right where you left off and you clearly, you know, didn't put in the time and effort and we're not seeing the results. Um no, I mean, in this wide receiver group, I still think he's very much needed, and I think he has a place, especially, um, you know, since since what's his name, Tyquan Thornton is now in the IR, right? So he'll he'll miss at least the first four games. Um, so yeah, I you know what I I, I think uh, I think it's more so one of those things where it's like, hey, you know what your role is supposed to be, and you know how much we need you. And uh, you haven't stepped up to the plate yet, and hopefully you do. I think it's one of those kick in the ass type of type of comments. Yeah, what kind of year, Justin, is Kendrick Bourne going to have this year? I mean, I th- and how much do you think we'll see him Sunday? How are we? I mean, is he going to be their fourth or fifth wide receiver on uh, in, in in opening game? I mean, I think he'll be the third or fourth, right? I mean, it. it I, I'm pretty sure what's going to be Parker and, and Jacoby Myers are the starting two receivers, right? And then I think from there it's just a it, it's a question whether you know Aguilar or or Bourne gets that 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 third role. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know how much we're going to see him, um, but I I'm not expecting huge things from him this year. I mean, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, like you said, it didn't seem like he took you know big steps forward to to improve his game or. Or you know his his chemistry with Mac Jones this off season and preseason, um, you add another you know number one potential wide receiver to the mix in, in Devontae Parker, uh, and not only that but Mac Jones you know I I know he was only a rookie last year but he did, he wasn't the type of guy who played favorites right he didn't really have like a go to target that he just constantly you know leaned on as like his security blanket um, so there's no reason to think that he's going to be hyper targeted. No reason to think that he, you know, between the other receivers in the roster that he's going to get, you know, the starting workload and the bulk of the workload. Um, so I'm, I'm really expecting, I'm expecting mediocrity with the occasional game or two that, that he flashes and stands out. I, I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, how, what kind of snap, like just how many snaps Kendrick Bourne gets, you know, and, and th- is he in there for 20 snaps? Is he in there for 60? Um, does, is he productive at all? Um, it's going to be it's going to be one of the things I think we're going to be able to look at on Monday and just kind of really talk about because it, Kendrick Brown's Kendrick Bourne's fall from grace is 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 um, it's it's puzzling, but it's it's a it's not a good thing for this team. I mean, they really were counting on this guy to step up and be and be reliable this year and maybe even take that next step. I think we all kind of speculated that after a strong first season. Doesn't feel like it's happening so far. We haven't actually played a freaking game yet. So let's see what happens this weekend. But it, it's going to be one of the real storylines with this team heading into, into the opening game. Justin, what are your thoughts? Um, and I'm, I'm actually a little surprised at how much run this has gotten um, in the local sports media this week. But a lot of thought and discussion about the Patriots going down to Miami on Tuesday 
do you have any thoughts about that? Are you, are, do you, did you think that was, what did you think? A good move, bad move, indifferent, anything? I mean, I just feel like, you know, you, when you got a bunch of, you know, young, rich athletes, you, you want to keep them out of harm's way as much as possible. And Miami just strikes me as one of those cities that if I'm a coach, I want my players there for a sh- like if I, if I had my way, I'd fly them down there the afternoon of the game. You know what I mean? Like I want them with as little distractions as possible. Like, and like if I'm a player and I'm heading down there on Tuesday, the first thing I'm thinking of is, Oh, I got all this, you know, we're, we're going to be down there for a while. Like what, what can we do? What can we experience? Like, you know, when practice is over or this and that, I, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't like it. I don't like going down there on Tuesday. It's not, it's not like you're going to like a, a crazy, um, you know, cold environment or crazy this, crazy atmosphere, like something where you need to get down there and like practice like game type of situation. But, but it is, it's hot. It's not it's hot, degrees but, and humid. But, how, but like, I get that. But like, you know, the, I don't think the weather was any different than what they've been training in all summer up here in Foxborough. Like we, we, we had a real heat wave, you know, around the start of mini camp. And I, I don't know. I personally think that, you know, at this point after, you know, a summer and training for the last couple months of the summer, um, you know, you should be able to go into week one in, in Miami and, uh, and be okay. Like I, I get it. It's going to be hot and muggy, but like how much hotter and how much, you know, more muggy than what you've been practicing in for the last, you know, month and a half. Well, I think, I, I, I think that if you look at the forecast, the forecast is going to be 88 and humid. And I agree with you that that's, that's not as bad as it could be, but that's still hot. And like, you know, it was definitely that hot here for, for, for most of the summer, but the heat has kind of broken the last week or so, or at least, you know, even the last few days here. And this is where I'm going to put on my doctor hat and say acclimatization is real. Like it is relevant. Like if you're not, if you're not, if your body is not adapted to the stress that heat puts on it, then, then you are going to perform less effectively in that heat. And it does not take a lot of time for you to become deconditioned to it. So I think a couple of days of 75 degree or 80 degree weather, you know, the Patriots, I think that would be relevant in terms of what the Patriots would lose um, by, by, by not maybe being fully conditioned to those extra 10 or 15 degrees that you're going to get in Miami that you're not getting up here. So I actually thought it was a smart move. And I've been really surprised at some of the things I've heard, like people saying they're desperate or they're, it's irrelevant. Like, I think this is relevant. I think this is smart. I think the difference between being down there for one day or two days versus four or five days is significant in terms of how it will allow them to, 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 to function in that heat. And personally, I think it's a good move. And you know what? I'm glad he has them up in Palm Beach because they're 80 miles away from from trouble in Miami. Palm Beach is a lot quieter. Have you ever been to Palm Beach? I mean, I haven't, but it, you know, Palm Beach, it just sounds like it's, you know, I feel like trouble could be found. Trouble could be found anywhere, but, but it's not it's not like South Beach. It's a lot it's a lot quieter in okay. Palm Beach. It's golf and it's more older people and it's not it's not like Miami. It's a, it's probably about I don't know, maybe 60 or 70 miles north of Miami. So it's not like you can just like hop on, you know, the subway and be there in 20 minutes either. So I, I think, I actually think this is a good plan. People are just so gung-ho, 
eager to kick Belichick while he's down. Honestly, everyone, we've gone from in Bill we trust to, to Bill is always wrong in like three years. And you know, in many ways that I am super skeptical of a lot of the things this franchise has done the last few years. I, I've already called for Belichick's head like 15 times. You know, I don't have to reiterate that point. But I also think he's not wrong about everything he does. And he does still know a lot. I think this is one instance where, look, it's a tough draw to go down to Miami in week one. It's tough for this team. They've had trouble in the past doing it. I think it made a lot of sense to go down there on Tuesday. Just my personal two cents. I mean, I hope it does. You know what I mean? Like, I I really do hope it, you know, benefits them. Um, They just never seem like, look, I just look at it and I'm like, all right. Historically, this team never, or you know, at least as of late, this team does not play well in Miami. We cannot seem to win. We cannot seem to play well down there. Now, is that because they head to a hot, humid environment that they're not used to by the time they get down there, whether that's end of year and they're used to playing in 30-degree weather and now they're playing in 60-, 70-degree weather? Is it because, you know, at the beginning of the year, it's, it's, it's a heat wave that they're not ready for? Or is it because they go down there and they just get distracted by Miami? I don't know. But either way, I hope it works out for them. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you go down there on Tuesday, they definitely should be acclimated to the heat. So if they come out and they look super flat and super sluggish and, uh, you know, they're just not ready to play on Sunday, then I think we can say that, okay, that there is some sort of ongoing factor other than maybe just the heat that's affecting these guys when they go down there. Either that or they just it's a psychological thing and they just can't play well in Miami. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, let, let's let's move on. Let, let's talk a little bit about the actual game on on Sunday. And um, a couple thoughts I have about, about this game. And um, do you agree with me, Justin, first and foremost, that this is is as important a season opener as this team has had in, I mean, a long time. Like I'm trying to remember a time where I felt like there was as much at stake uh, for reasons both rationally in terms of you can't lose a division game against Miami because you're going to be competing with them for the wild card probably all year long. And we saw last year how impactful it can be to blow that first game, even though it didn't right. burn them, burn them. So there's that whole side of it. But then I just think there's like the emotional side of it, like all the negativity around this team and just so desperately, how desperately they would, would they need to answer with a win and how important would it be and great would it be if they somehow were to win this game and just like shove it in the face of everyone that's been doubting them and questioning them, build some positive momentum, build some positive energy, you know, create that winning culture, support that in winning culture that I think slipped away from this team the last few years. Um, is this the most important season opening game in recent Patriots memory that, that, that you can think of? Well, yeah, I mean, for, not only for those reasons you just mentioned, right, but let's throw it back to last season, um, home, uh, you know, opener against Miami. That game that we lost wound up being the difference between, what I believe, what, winning the division and being like a two or three seed versus being – uh, what were they? The seven or whatever it was. Whatever they they got the wild card. Oh, well, I think I don't I don't think it meant the difference in the division. I think it meant we had to go to Buffalo instead of having to go to um maybe it was um Cincinnati. You know? Huh? Okay. I thought for some reason didn't Buffalo finish like 
Maybe when were we either same record or Buffalo? Oh, you might be right because we split. We split with Buffalo last yeah. year. We were one game behind them. So you might be right. I'd have to look. I, 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 I yeah. We'll have to double check that. But I think it was the difference between them being a wild card and and being the division winner. Um, not only that, but like we've talked about the fact that the beginning, like the first seven games of the Patriots' schedule, is really like the softest part of their lineup that they're going to get. Oh, they got a couple of tough games mixed in there, but like as a you know, in general, you know, speaking in generalities, that stretch of six or seven games is their most winnable stretch of games. And just like winning this first game, that's a great point. You know Justin. what I mean? Like that, like you need to get every game you can in this stretch, and it becomes that much harder when you come out and fall flat week one, right? Like if you come out, like you said, if you come out week one, you get that momentum you build some confidence and you kind of set the tone, then those games that you should win all of a sudden do become, you know, we are going to win. Like this is expected that we win. Like, and you go out there. And, and, How are you going to feel on Monday morning if this team is 0-1 right. and their next three games are at Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and at Green Bay? Right, right. Uh-huh. To your point. To your point. Right. No, exactly. And I mean, look, th- but this is – and, you know, this is realistically your best time to get a team like Pittsburgh when they got either Mitch Trubisky or a rookie quarterback starting. We don't know who will be starting week two. Um, True, you know, but that's a that's a daunting three-game stretch. No, like, it, it, you know, you, this is a winnable game. It is. I mean, I know they lost to Miami twice last year, but they were in both games. Miami's no juggernaut. Um, these are teams that are familiar with each other. This is this is probably a coin flip kind of game. you got to walk away with a win, or you could be facing a one-in-three start or worse realistically right i mean there's no gimme until they play detroit in week yeah no exactly that's what i'm saying but you know if you lose this game and then you know you you struggle in that those next three and you come out of it like one and three maybe two and two like now those games that looked really winnable don't seem super winnable anymore it seems like you kind of you got to compete and they're going to be a coin toss i mean you got to compete every week but you know, it just it does so much for this Patriots team if they can come out and start off one and zero. Especially where, look, like you said, it's a divisional game, so Miami starts off zero and one. You got the Jets opening up against Baltimore; they're probably going to start off zero and one. And you know, as much as I like the uh, the Bills to go into LA and win tonight, like that's a really tough game. The Bills could also start off zero and one, so like you have a really good chance to to start the season off, you know, at the top of your division, one and zero building some confidence and momentum heading into yeah. a tough three games, but yet what should be your, your most friendly six, seven game stretch. So yeah, there's just, there's just a lot of, a lot of implications on. Uh, Plus it's like the old, it's the old adage of like, you know, and I don't know how this, how statistically I'm guessing it will still be pretty statistically relevant, but maybe less so with a 17 game schedule versus a 16. But like the old thing about whole thing about Owen two and your odds of making the playoffs if you go 0-2. And, and I think that when, when we had Brady, like we really just took for granted the fact that we were never, ever going to be 0-2, right? But winning one of those first two games is absolutely critical towards, you know, having any realistic – to your season. I mean, towards having any realistic chance of making the playoffs. And this is kind of how the rest of the NFL has lived for the last 20 years. Like you you got to come out and you got to get a win in one of those first two games. You can't – fall to 0-2, 0-3, it just sets the whole – it puts you in a hole for the rest of your season and, and makes the odds of you 
going to the playoffs so much less, right? So like we, you know, now all of a sudden, now that Brady's gone, now that we're not favored like 90% of the time, now that we don't have that huge advantage, these games, every game becomes so relevant and a division game in week one against a beatable Miami team, maybe a better team, maybe not, but probably comparable talent-wise to what you are. You cannot pass up that opportunity to get that win um, because because of that reason. Yeah, no, I I agree 100%. Like, this is, this is not, you know, the days of, oh, the first four games is just an extension of the preseason. Whatever happens, we'll be fine. Like, no, this is, you need to come out. You need to get every single game you can, and it starts. It starts this Sunday. There's no. There's no room for error. Absolutely. So one of the real stories, Justin, of the of the preseason has been this sort of system change or paradigm change, and this alleged move to the to the zone blocking scheme, which I'm not. I'm not totally sold that they're actually going to fully reinvent the wheel here. Like some people are. Like I know that maybe they're trying to incorporate some new things, but. Uh, you know, I'm a little skeptical that they would be so foolish just to totally change the system. But what are we going to see on Sunday? What, what What's going to happen? Um, are they going to stick to some of these new things that they tried this year that didn't really work that great? Or when it comes down to it, are they going to get back to bread and butter? Because that's my gestalt. I think that when when it really comes down to, you know, the game's really counting, Belichick's not stupid. They're going to do what works for them. I mean, they. I, I don't He's going see, to do what gives them the best chance for years. They're going to do that, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't see this as a flashy team. I really don't. At least at this point in the season, like I think this is going to be a team that if they win and they compete and they're successful, it's because they're fundamentally sound. They do the little things right. You know what I mean? They can move the ball on the grounds. Um, they can get a stop on third down. Like that's where this team is successful. They're not, you know, I, I don't see them being super flashy with their trick plays or, you know, pulling out, you know, 50 point games here and there. I, 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 this is a team that I think, you know, needs to be very fundamentally sound and at least good in a lot of areas in order to compete. They're just, you know what I mean? They're, they're not, they're not like Mahomes and the chiefs. They're not, you know, they're not like a high flying offense. They're not just like an absolute powerhouse. Um, you know what I mean? Like, you know, they're not a Sean McVay trick play up the ass type of type of teams. Like this, this Patriots team really needs to come ready to play and do the basics, run the ball. Well, Mac Jones needs to, needs to take care of the ball. No stupid uh, turnovers, no, no fumbles by the running backs. And then this defense needs to be able to get us off the field in third down. I think, it's I think, I, I think what you're going to see is I think you're going to see an offense that was, similar to what they've done the last 20 years. Okay. And I think the, some of the things they worked on in the preseason, I don't think they're going to do that all that much. I, I think, I think they like every other team in the NFL didn't really take this preseason all that seriously or took it as a, as a, as an exercise in learning or an exercise in experimentation. I think when it comes down to it, they're getting back to what works once the regular season starts. And I think what you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of Mac, calling things at the line like he did last year. He's a year older. He's a year wiser. He has more experience. He has a full off season now. Like he's going to be even better at making those snap reads. Now the rumor was that they weren't letting him do that in the preseason. That's one of the reasons he was getting frustrated. Well, now the report is this week from Phil Perry is that, is that he's going to, that they're going to let Mac make a lot of pre-snap adjustments and calls at the line. And to that, I say, great. 
good. That's exactly what they should be doing. That's what Brady did. That's what this system was. And I think that's what Mac strength is. So I think they're going to get back to that. I think you're going to see um, dink and dunk passing just like they did with Brady. They'll take their shots downfield when they, when they, when they become available, just like they did for years. I think you're going to see the same kind of running that they did um, the last few years. I don't think you're going to see them try to force some of this new stuff. They're not stupid. Belichick's not stupid. He's, he's on a cold streak, but he's not a fool. No, I, I hope that's what they do. I mean, I, I just, you know, I, I, you keep hearing things of, Oh, new scheme, new scheme, like this, this, and that. I'm, I, it just, you know, I don't understand why this is, would be the time to experiment. Like go back to what you do, do it well. And you know, don't, don't get, don't, don't beat yourself. You know what I mean? Like this isn't a team that can go out there and beat themselves and still win games. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Especially against this Miami team. I mean, I feel like if the, if the team, you know, where, where these teams are relatively evenly matched, like the team that makes the least mistakes is, is probably going to be the team that, that comes away with a win. Yeah. No, a hundred, a hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Justin, let, let's get into some of our, our predictions about, about the team. And uh, then we're going to move into some stuff about the league. Um, before we get into actually looking at records or games, which, I, which we're going to do, I just want to ask a prediction from you on the, on this defense. Cause we talk so much about the offense. We don't talk a lot or as much about the defense. They're hiding in plain sight. Um, they're hiding in plain sight and, and the, the coaching controversy between uh, Steve Belichick and Mayo that was impactful last year is hiding in plain sight. We talked a little about this on the last episode. Um, is this is this Steve Belichick mail thing going to be an issue this year? Uh, and and, and um, are we going to be talking about this in December like we were last year? You know, I really hope not. But I, I, look, this defense right now is not filling me with a ton of confidence, especially what I, after I saw what the 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 second stringers for the the Raiders did um, two weeks ago. Look, this is a team that you traded away J.C. Jackson. Uh, you still have, you know, you, you have some, some aging players in that side of the ball, guys like McCourty. Um, you still have a bunch of holes that, you know, you know, a bunch of new guys at linebacker. Um, you know, you really, you really don't know where, who your playmakers are yet. You don't, um, you know, you have a couple guys that have been there for a while, guys like, you know, Dietrich wise, um, except, you know, obviously Judon's going to be the staple of that D line, but you know, you really don't know who, who your playmakers are going to be. This year, and you know, I look at I look at that secondary, and I, everyone wants to talk about oh how they're deep at safety, deep at safety. Well, look, that's fine, but these cornerbacks are worrying me. I'm sorry. I know that you know a lot of people like who is it, Jack Jones and Marcus Jones, the two rookie cornerbacks. Um, oh yeah. And I mean, look, it, but that's there's still a lot to be proven. Um, there's still a lot of question marks. And neither Jalen and I, I actually really like Jonathan Jones. I've always liked him as a Patriot, and I don't even dislike Jalen Mills. But as of right now, you don't have a shutdown corner. You don't, and so anything close to it, anything, anything exactly anything close. So you go up yeah. against a Miami team that's got the likes of a you know Tyree Kill, uh, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson. Like that's tough. That's very tough. And I really hope you know. And, and you think about last year. Even with J.C. Jackson, you know, going up against teams like Tampa Bay, Dallas, etc., when teams had multiple weapons and multiple threats, we struggled. And uh, you know, I just don't see how after you lose J.C. Jackson, 
you get any better at handling those threats this year? So, so, so are we, where, where is this defense going to be on December 1st? Is this going to be, is this going to be a live? I mean, on December 1st is- or strength, give them a, on December 1st. Uh, I, you know, are we going to be saying this defense is the, is the weakness, the strength, the liability. What, what are we going to be saying? You know, I, I hate to, I really hate to say this, but my absolute gut feeling is going to be that this is going to be one of those years that we can't get off the field. I just, I hate to say it. That's, you know, I hope, okay. I hope I'm I think, wrong. I think what you're going to see, I mean, I think, you know, I like JC Jackson, but I don't think he's as, I, mean, I think he's a good player. I, I don't know if, if his loss is going to be as bad as, 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 as some may think it would be. And I think they've gotten better in the front seven. I think the defense is going to be a lot like last year's defense. And by that, I mean, they're, they're going to beat up on bad teams and they're going to struggle against teams that, that have weapons and in good teams. So, you know, te- teams that have speed teams that can move the ball like the bills you know, like the Raiders, I think, I think you're going to see this team struggle a lot. I think it's, I think statistically, you know, they'll, they'll be an okay defense, but I think when, when it really counts, they're going to be struggling. And I think, I think the Mayo Belichick thing is going to, is going to be a, a problem continuously for this team. And as I said last week, I don't know why Steve Belichick is on this staff. He, he serves absolutely, you know, they have a defensive coordinator. It's Gerard Mayo. They don't need two. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of issues, but but I don't think they're going to be terrible. Uh, do you think, Justin, that this team will improve this year? The hallmark of a Bill Belichick team for 20 years was they get better in December, three or four years in a row now. And you can go back to the Super Bowl year, 2018. This team has gotten worse in December than 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 they had gotten certainly in the in the previous months. Is, are they going to be able to break that trend this year? Well, you know, that's tell me what's what's their December record. What's their September record this year? Let's go with both those. Look, that's that to me is tough because even if this team is improving, their schedule is getting increasingly harder. Right. Oh, yeah, that's so true. So, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where you might be a better team at the end of the year, but have a worse record at the end of the year than you did at the beginning of the year. And it's it's you know, it's going to skew things. So. Look, I, I do think this will be a better team. I think, like always, the offensive line will be better at the end of the year. I think some of these skill players will kind of settle in, um, and I think hopefully some of you know the, some of the young guys, some of the new faces on defense, have settled in and you know are are starting to make names for themselves as well. The question is, is it going to be enough to overcome you know some of the big heavy hitters they've got in you know? November, December. Um, so that, that, that to me is really, really the question. It's, I don't know. I can't say that this team is going to have a better record. I think they will be a better team. Um, I don't have the schedule in front of me off the top of my head. I know the first, what the first four games you got, you obviously Miami, you got Pittsburgh, you got Green Bay. Um, and who is it? Who's the other one? In, 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 in September. Yeah. Or Dolphins, Steelers, Dolphins, Steelers, Ravens, Packers. Yeah, Dolphins, Steelers, Ravens, Packers. I'm gonna say that. Uh, I mean, look, I think they're, I think they're either two and two or one and three coming out of that stretch. I'm gonna, and and that's that's you know, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but I'm not super confident 
in them this weekend. I'm really not. So if they can pull yeah. the, if they can pull this off and win, um, that'll be huge. But I, I'm gonna say they'll they'll go two and two in September, and then their December stretch again. I gotta double check, but I think they got like you know you, got, you they got the Bills twice. Uh, they got. Um, they got like the Bengals in there. I think they got the Cardinals in there. In December, got, I can read their December schedule. Yeah, yeah. For what's you. what's their December they schedule? They got the Bills. Yeah. The they got the Bills at home. The yeah. Cardinals on the road. Yeah. The, at the Raiders and the Bengals at home. Yeah. Okay. So that's, a, so that's, that's four tough games. Four like you could be a much better team and go two and two in that stretch. You know what I mean? And it right. might not show. Right. You know. Um. You know. You okay? They're two and two, but they're actually a, a better team. And so that's a killer. That's a killer stretch. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think with that stretch, you'd be lucky to go two and two, to be completely honest. Those you really would years. be. I mean, depending on how it goes. So so what I'd like to do next, Justin, we're going to get into some of our predictions, uh, division by division. Yep. And, and I think we're just going to run the league division by division. But before we do that, um, what I really want to do is is go through the Patriots schedule quickly. Yep. And I just want you to – let's just call it win or loss, okay? okay. And, then, and then tally up what we think our win records are, okay? Right. Week one, Patriots at Dolphins, win or loss. I say loss, unfortunately. I'm going win. Okay. I'm going win. I have zero confidence in Mike McDaniel's. I think that I think that um, I think that Brian Flores was the magic, and, and and now that he's gone, I'm not impressed with a bunch of aging, skill position talent. Okay, a rookie coach and and a, and a quarterback that hasn't shown me he can even get the ball to any of those receivers. So I, I really think people are way too confident on Miami. I think Belichick is going to coach circles around this guy. And then there's, there's no way that they're going to come up here in January, but we'll get to that later. So, so, okay. So we disagree on that one. Pages at Steelers win or loss. I think it's a win to me. I think this is more of a, uh, something about this game just makes me feel a little funny. Um, Trubisky. We've seen him be terrible before he had his moments in Chicago I'm going to call it a win, but 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 I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up being a much tougher game than we think. Um, Ravens at Patriots, win or loss? I think that's going to be a loss. I just don't see them having an answer for Lamar and that offense running all over them. And that's a good defense I, I like, the Ravens have. I, it's a good team. I like the Ravens this year, but but I think for the home opener, I, I think the Patriots win. So I guess I'm predicting a fast start, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you got them 3-0. and Yeah, Patriots at Packers. Uh, I think that's going to be a loss. I think it, it, even though the Packers are struggling at receiver, I think Aaron Rodgers would just be too good for for those cornerbacks. So, I think you, that so defense is good too. So you're one and three, and I'm going to call that a loss too. I think that's going to be a tough game. Um, I think they're going to have a hard time with Aaron Rodgers, even without Devontae Adams there. Um, you know, this team struggle is going to struggle against against top quarterbacks. So I, I call that a loss. Lions at Patriots is a win, right? Yep. Okay. Pages at Browns. What do you think? I think that's a win. I think that's, I think that's very winnable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bears at Patriots. I think that's, that's a, a win, win, right? Yeah. Bears are going to suck. Um, Pages at Jets. That's a win. That's I think the win. Jets, I think Zach Wilson's, you know, I'd be shocked if he has, if he's, if he's, if, if he isn't teetering on, you know, being, being a backup by the end of this year. Um, Colts at Patriots. I'm going to give that one a loss. Okay. Uh, I'll call that one a loss too, because um, do I think the Colts are some world beater team? No, but, but, it, but, you know, I just think the physicality of that team and their offensive line 
The Patriots had a hard time with it last year. I, I don't see any reason why it'll be any different this year. Jets and Patriots, that's a win. Right? Yeah. Yep. Patriots and Vikings, win or loss? I'm going to say that's a loss. I'm very high in the Vikings this year. I really like them. Um, I'm going to say it's a loss. I'm going to go in there. I, th- I think they can win that game. I think they can win that game. Bills and Patriots, win or loss? You know, I'm gonna I, I'm I'm gonna call that a win. I think for some reason, oh, yeah, wow. I, I think for I think for some reason our our home or you know our, our first time around against the Bills at home, I think we come out and uh, I think we smack them in the mouth a little bit. I well, you better hope nice for time. another snowstorm, Justin. That's all I can say. Because <laughs> until this team proves they can stop, I mean, it's not just that they've been losing to Buffalo. I mean, they can't even freaking get off the field. They're getting steamrolled. Steamrolled. I mean, Josh Allen's throwing four or five touchdowns a game, completing 80% of his passes. They're losing by three, four touchdowns. Like, I, I, I cannot predict the, the Patriots will beat the Bills until they show me that they can actually do it in non-blizzard, you know, top of Mount Everest conditions. So I have to call that one a loss. Patriots at Cardinals. It's a Monday night game after Patriots coming off a bye week at that one. I'll, uh, I'll give them a win for that one, too. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's a win. I I I, I'm, I think the Cardinals are okay, but I think the Pats, Pats will out coach them. I'll play them. Um, Patriots and the Raiders at Raiders. I'm gonna say loss. Yeah, I think that's the kind of team they're gonna struggle with. They got multiple good wide receivers. They got a ton of skill position talent. Darren Waller, you know Adams, um, um, Hunter Renfro. Um, I don't know. I just think that's the team, the kind of team the Patriots are going to struggle with. Bengals and Patriots, Christmas Eve day. Hmm. Yeah, that that one's really tough for me. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the Bengals. And part of that too is maybe this is just my own little theory. I like taking the away teams um, on holiday games just because I think the home team is already focused on getting back with their family, eating a good holiday meal. Um, they just want to get the game over with. Whereas if you're the away team, you've, you've already chalked your day up as a loss. You're there to play football. I, I, I'm kind of bearish on the Bengals this year. I, I really am not. I think they're going to take a big step back. I'm going to call that a win for the Pats from my perspective. Dolphins and Pats in Foxborough January 1st. I think that's a win, right? I do too. And then and then Patriots at Bills, loss? Loss, yep. Okay, I'm going to tell you. So I'm a little more optimistic than you. Three, four, five, six. All right, so I I got them 12 and five. What a hopeless fanboy. And you've got them one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You've got them 10 and seven, which is probably much more realistic. So that's that's our official record prediction. Let's let's uh we'll have to keep keep this on track and see how it goes. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, then, so and then, yeah. and then. Give me a quick a score prediction. I know you said you think they're going to lose. What's the score going to be Sunday? Uh, my score prediction Sunday is going to be uh, 24-16 Dolphins. I think the Patriots are able to get in the end zone like once, and then they got like three or four field goals. And I think uh, I don't think the Dolphins are going to run rampant, but um, I think I think they'll put up enough points to get the job done. I think it's going to be 24-16 Dolphins. 
I'll go 27-17 Pats. You know, I, I think the Pats will move the ball actually well. You know, uh, one of their – Byron Jones, their top corner, he's out. Um, I think that's going to be a big difference. I, th- I think Belichick will coach circles around um, rookie head coach. So I'm going to go with a relatively surprisingly comfortable Pats win on Sunday. Okay, Justin, let, let's go division by division now. Um, we, we've talked a lot about the AFC East. Let's let's start with the AFC North. Um, who Who's going to be the division winner? In the AFC North, what do you, what is your, um, what's your prediction on that? I'm going with the Ravens. Um, I think this was a team that was super competitive last year, and they did it without any of their three starting running backs. There's two starting cornerbacks, and uh, they missed Lamar Jackson for a stretch of, I believe, four or five games, something around there. Um, and they were still a super competitive team that found ways to to win games. And I think they improved. I know they got rid of Hollywood Brown, but I think they improved a little bit. Um, over the off season, I, I think the the Ravens come out and win that division. I think they're solid all. Yeah, around. I actually, I actually a thousand percent agree with that. I, I love the Ravens in that division. I don't. I think the Ravens will be the only team in that division that makes the playoffs. I don't think the Bengals are going to make the playoffs. I don't think the Bengals are going to have a good year. Um, I think that they'll step back. I think that the Browns, obviously, their season was ruined. I mean, Myers. I mean, excuse me, um, um, Jacoby Brissett. I mean, he'll be okay and they'll probably be respectable, but by the time Watson gets back in week 13 or 14 and gets back to where he, you know, can actually play. Cause remember he can't practice either. So he's not going to be conditioned. Um, I think that team's going to be out of it. And, and I, and I, and I think the Steelers, this will probably be the year they're below 500. I mean, they're, they're a great defense. They have a horrible offensive line, which no one talks about. And, and, and a huge question mark at quarterback. Um, I think this will be a learning year for Kenny Pickett, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, let's go to the AFC South, Justin. Um, who, who's your who's your team there, and um, who do you like in the South? I'm going with the Colts just because I don't think that's a good division, you know, at, at all, really. I mean, I, I think that you know you might see a little bit of fight out of the Texans and in, uh, in Jaguars. I think you know the Titans may find a way to be competitive in games, but I think the Colts are the best team in that division. I think they'll win it easily. Who finishes? Um... Who finishes for ahead? The Colts or I mean the uh the Jaguars or the Texans? Who's in last place in that division? I think it's the uh I think it's the Jaguars. I'm just not yeah. high. I'm not high on Trevor Lawrence. I know a lot of people yeah, same are. Here. I'm not. And I actually really like Davis Mills and some of their young players down there. Any, any chance Trevor Lawrence is a breakout year, you say no. I say I say no. A lot of I've heard a lot of people say yay. I say nay. I completely agree. I I, I think Lawrence is, is gonna be I think we'll be looking at him as a bust at the end of this year. Uh, and I, th- I think, I think people are going to see him for what he is, which, which is, which is just not, not what we thought he was going to be. And certainly not right. a franchise quarterback. Um, what about the Titans? I, I don't, I think I see that division going. I think the Colts are going to be a, a very good 12 ish win team, 11, 12 win team. I, I don't think the Titans are going to be that good this year. I think, I think they're due for a pretty big step back. I yeah. see them as a seven ish win team, middling, uh, team, I think maybe a rebuilding situation there coming up in the next uh, season. Um, and then I think the Texans will be respectable because I think Lovey Smith is a better coach than people give him credit for. You know, maybe Davis Mills will be okay at quarterback for them. Um, I don't think they're a playoff team by any means, but a six or seven win team. And I think the Jaguars stay at the bottom of the division where they're, they're very comfortable. <laughs> now, uh, the division everyone gets so. Yeah. Gaga about the AFC West. What's just tell me what your order? I know we talked about this a few weeks ago. Has that changed at all? What's what's your what's your one through four on the AFC West? Yeah, so I'm probably gonna yeah you know, I'm probably in the minority here, but I've I've been super high 
on the Broncos, um, especially since they, they they brought Russell Wilson in. They're my actual AFC favorites. I think it's going to be a Bills-Broncos um, AFC championship. Uh, I think the Broncos win that division. I think it goes Broncos. Uh, I think it goes Broncos, uh, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, if I'm being completely honest. I think the Chiefs finished last in that division. And part of the reason I say that is because this is a Chiefs team that I think is going to continue to be haunted by their downfall last year, which is the fact that they have no defense to speak of. And they are in, look, not only are you in a defense with three other high flying offenses, but your out of conference uh, opponents that you have to play this year come from the NFC West. So you got to go up against the bills, the, the Cardinals, the, I mean, sorry, not the bills, the Rams, the Cardinals, the 49ers, uh, that's going to be a tough a tough uh, division to compete with, and I just don't see them having the defense to be able to go out and win those games. Uh, I, I, I might be completely wrong, and I'm probably in the minority, but that's what I got. Uh, Broncos, and the Chargers, NFL, Raiders, Justin, it, it's still coach quarterback. Um, I, I think the Chiefs still win the AFC West. They have the best. They still have the best quarterback until proven otherwise. I think they have a far and away the best coach in the division. I don't know who, um, you know, in that division could even compare with them. Maybe McDaniel's at the end of the day will be saying that. I'm going Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, and I think the Chargers are. are, are I think the Chargers are a very overrated team. I'm, I'm not taking the cheese on them at all. Uh, Justin Herbert is, is a sub 500 quarterback. Um, they have a head coach that I'm not sure if I believe in his philosophy or his methods. Um, and look, I mean, everyone loves Justin Herbert because he throws a pretty ball and I get that. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, the guy's talented, but you know, volume based stats lie in 2022 in the NFL, you can't go by the amount of yards a quarterback throws for even the amount of touchdowns they throw for anymore because they've made it so easy for these guys to rack up yards and rack up touchdowns. It doesn't necessarily mean quality play. and It doesn't necessarily mean they're a good team. They filled in a ton of pieces of free agency. I just think, you know, I don't have a ton of confidence in the coaches. I think they got a lot of new parts there. As I said before, it almost sounds too good to be true. So I'm calling them as a, I'm probably going to look stupid by like November when they're like eight and two, but I'm, I'm going to go chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, uh, and chargers. All right. You know what that's in that I'll say this. I think that division, um, they have the potential to have, uh, especially now with three wild card spots in, in, in each, yeah. uh, each conference that has a, the potential of having all four teams in the playoffs. I, I might sound crazy, it does, Justin, but, the, you know, but the problem with that, they're going to, they're going to beat up on each other. Like you, you got to play could, two they, games. They easily team the division. I think that helps the Patriots quite a bit. It's like, right. you have that, that division is so strong. Like one of those teams is going to maybe be a pretty good team and still be an eight or nine win team because they, they lose a couple division games. For sure. No, I, I could, I could definitely see that. I just think all four teams have the potential to be playoff teams. Okay. This is a really tough division to predict. Cause I think it's, you know, there's no clear favorite right. NFC East. What do you got? The NFC East, uh, I'm going to go with the with the Eagles. I, I don't have any confidence in, in Carson Wentz, in, in the Commanders. Um, the Cowboys are the Cowboys are the Cowboys. They fooled me last year. I took them to beat for the San Francisco. I said, huh, this is the year they get over the hump. And they came out and laid an egg. I don't think they got any better over the offseason. Um, and then the Giants and Daniel Jones, I don't care about Brian Dayball. Everyone's talking about him like he's some sort of savior. I mean, if, if you look, his success as a coordinator came 
right as Josh Allen emerged. Like he did not, he was not a super successful coordinator um, in in his past roles, even with the Bill. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say that the Eagles take that division. I and and you know I I just don't see them having too much competition. I think the Cowboys have the potential to win some games, but uh, I think the Eagles take it. I mean, I, I was almost leaning Cowboys, but I have to say the the, the, the injury to Tyrone Smith, the tackle, that's actually a devastating injury to the Cowboys. He's one of their best players. Yeah. And if you look at their offensive production and their record when he's been in versus right. when he's not been in, and specifically Dak Prescott's QBR is like 20 points lower when he misses time versus when he plays – I think I think that really makes it hard for me to pick them. Uh, so I guess I am gonna. I, I know I picked the Eagles before. I'm gonna go Eagles again here as the number one uh, in that division. And you know, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Redskins hang around a little bit. I think the Cowboys are a good team, and I think when they get Tyrone Smith back, you know, they could be a team that that is a force in the playoffs. Like you know, because you know they get healthy at the right time. They have a lot of pieces in place. So I'm not counting them out totally, but I think for the, the course of the regular season, I, I'm going to go with Eagles. But but I think what you're going to see in this division is you're going to see all four teams be within a game or two of 500, and it's going to be one of those things, well, except for maybe the Giants, but the three of the four teams. And I think it's going to be one of those things where, where, where every one of those teams is going to have an opportunity to to, 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 to have to win the division at some point. Yeah. Um, NFC yeah. South, Justin, what do you got? I have the Saints. I think the Saints win that division. Oh, great. Um, yeah, it's a great pick. I don't – you know, I, I I, think obviously the Panthers are going to be a little better. Um, I think that was a team that has some pieces. I think that's a good defense down there. They have some weapons. You know, if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, you know, if Baker Mayfield plays with the chip in his shoulder. I think the Bucks have taken a bunch of steps back, you know, starting with Tom Brady, moving on to their weapons, their O-line, their defense. I think they've taken a step back from that Super Bowl team that they were two years ago in pretty much every way, shape, and form. Uh, Falcons are garbage. Uh, I don't think anyone's expecting anything from them. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think the Falcons are the worst team in the league. Yeah. So that, that's, so I agree with that. So there you go. Yeah. I, I think the saints have a lot of potential. Jameis was great before he got injured. I expect him to come back and, 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 and really hit it hard. They got a bunch of weapons. You know, they got the one, two punch again, uh, they reunited Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram and that backfield, you know, they drafted who I think is the best rookie wide receiver in that draft class. And Chris Olave, you got Michael Thomas coming back. You brought in um, Jarvis Landry and that's still a top 10 defense, maybe a top five defense. So uh, yeah, I I love the saints to win that division. I I think a couple things about this division. I think, I think the gap between the saints and the box is, is actually not as big as, as it felt, you know, I mean, if you asked me like three months ago, I would have said the Bucs are going to run away with this division. I think this is going to be a really close division. I think that the Bucs are going to probably still win it, but I think the Saints will be right there with them. I think that the Saints will have a chance to win the division. I think they'll be within a game or two of, of the division. I think I think this division will be very much up in the air when we get to mid-December. I think the Panthers are going to be relevant in the NFC this year. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be an eight or nine win team. And then I think the um the Falcons are the worst team in the league. Yeah. So, so I think it's going to go Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons. Justin, what's your take on the AFC, um, the a- excuse, the NFC North? So similar to what you think about the Falcons, I think the Bears are the worst team in the NFL, um, and I think they're definitely finishing last, uh, or either last or close to last in that division. I actually expect the Lions to take a step forward. I think they'll find a way to squeak out maybe like five or six games this year. Um, the Packers, it. 
I do not. I think this is going to be the year the Packers take a step back. I've already mentioned it a couple times. I'm very high in the Vikings this year. I think um, that coaching change and like revamping that like whole like you know style of offense was exactly what this team needed. They've rebuilt that defense. They have plenty of weapons, um, and I think this is the year they take that next step. I think the Vikings win this division. Yeah, I got I got to go as boring as it is. I, I got to go Packers. I think I think the Vikings will be okay. I'm not I'm not the huge believer in them that you are. I, I see them more as like a 500 team. Um, I think the Packers definitely take a step back, but just on the sheer force of Aaron Rodgers, he's a well-established regular season performer. He always does well. They always win 12, 11, 12, 13 games. I, I think that I still have to go with um, with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to win that division. I think the Bears and the Lions are two of the worst teams in the league. I mean, I, I think the Lions will be better than people think they're going to be. Um, they'll be respectable. I think the Bears are going to struggle. But I think it's. I think you're going to see one playoff team come out of this division. I think it's going to be the Packers. Um, NFC West, Justin, what do you got? Yeah, this was tough. Another I, tough one. I, this, this, again, is another tough one. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people love, uh, love the Rams. And you know what? I, I it's tough to pick against them. Um, yeah, I'm as as I think about it right now, I'm like teetering back and forth. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Cardinals. I am, and I know that's okay. like I, I know that's kind of like a, a ballsy pick, but I think it's a team that hopefully is ready to to take a step forward. You know, we'll see what Kyler Murray's made out of. They got some weapons. Um, that is a good defense over there in Arizona. Um, I just, you know, I, I wonder, I, I think the 49ers are still going to be very good. I was, I almost picked the 49ers too. I mean, I, I really think it's, it's a, it's a three man race over that. I think Seattle's going to be irrelevant. Uh, how would uh, you pick this division? Uh, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo was, was hundred percent the starter in San, in, in San Francisco, how would you pick the division? If Jimmy Garoppolo was the starter, I think I would pick the 49ers. I think Trey Lance is giving me a little bit of apprehension, but I also don't think that, um, I wouldn't be shocked if he came out there and played well and the 49ers won the division, but I just, you know, I, I got to see it well, first. Well, that's my feeling. Like if, if, if Lance was not the starter, if Jimmy Garoppolo was the starter, I think the Niners win that division, but as is, you know, they're going with Lance. I think he's going to hit some growing pains. I got to go with the Rams. I got to go with the Rams in this division. Still. I think they're far and away the best team. That Cardinals team is too many holes. There's a lot of smoke around Kyla Murray about what he's really doing down there. I mean, always super talented. That team has collapsed um, in Arizona, I think two years in a row coming down the stretch after getting off to a good start. So as boring as it is, I got to go Rams. All right. Now who are your wildcard teams? You picked, you picked the, um, the bills, Ravens, Colts, and the Broncos. So give me your three wild cards. Okay. So my wild, AFC. my wild cards in, uh, in the AFC, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to pick two from the AFC West. I'm going to say, uh, it, you know, what which two those are, I don't really know. I'm going to say the maybe the the Chargers and the Raiders are the wild card teams. Again, I had the the Chiefs finishing last, so I got to stay consistent with that. Um, if the Chiefs aren't the la- the third wild card, I would give it to whoever comes in second in the AFC East, and that could be the Patriots. So it pa- could be the Pats, Dolphins. Pats or Dolphins? Yeah. Okay. You don't want to go on record with a prediction. I'll say, you know, what, I'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll say the Patriots. Go ahead, yeah, I'll say the Patriots. Okay. Let's say, let's say Patriots, Chargers, and Raiders are the three wild cards. Okay, 
All right. So I am going to go for the wild cards. I'm going to go Patriots. I'm going to go Broncos. And I'm going to go Raiders. Those are my three wild cards. So I went Bills, Ravens, Colts, Chiefs, Patriots, Broncos, Raiders. That's my seven. You went Bills, Ravens, Colts, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Pats. That's your seven in the AFC. Okay, NFC, three wild cards. Yeah, so I'm I'll, uh, assuming that we ha- I have the Vikings winning that division. I have Green Bay as a wild card. Um, I'll say, and then I'll say the other two wild cards, uh, you know, it, are going to come from the the NFC West. I think it's going to be Green Bay, and then I think it's going to be the Rams and the 49ers. I, I think the Cowboys uh, get left out this year. Okay, so say it one more time for me, sorry. So, yep, so my three out of the, the NFC are going to be the Packers, the 49ers, and the Rams. Packers, 49ers, Rams. Wow, strong wild card field. Okay, let me think about this. So I, I, I guess I gotta go, I'm going to go Saints, and this is in no particular order. I'm going to go Saints, I'm going to go Cardinals, and I'm going to go – I feel like Jimmy G is going to end up being the starter at some point in San Fran. And not for that reason, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the 49ers. So I went, you, you went know what? Hold on. Actually, let me make a quick, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take one, you know, no, no, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say that the Bucks right, I'm gonna, don't I'm make actually going to change one of mine. I forgot. I forgot a team. I'm going to go Saints Cowboys 49ers. So okay. I'm going to say Eagles, Eagles, Bucks, Packers, Rams win the division. Saints, Cowboys, Niners are your wild cards. And you said Eagles, Saints, Vikings, Cardinals is the division winners. Packers, 49 and Ram, 49ers and Rams as your as your um as your wild cards. Yes. So who who will emerge, Justin? AFC Super Bowl team. Who do you got? Uh yeah, in the AFC championship, obviously depends on how the bracket breaks down. I like I've said, I think it's Broncos and Bills. And uh, I think the Bills inch one step closer, but yet fall short again. It just, I don't know. It just seems like the Bills are going to Bills, and uh, they will get to the championship game, and uh, they'll blow it. Okay, so you're going Broncos yeah. as the AFC Super Bowl representative. Yeah. Okay, and that that that's sort of what I was actually thinking too. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Buffalo as my AFC Super Bowl representative. But but you know, I think I could. I, I agree. There's a there's a cloud of negativity around that franchise, and they have a long legacy of losing. You know what? Actually, scrap that. Scrap that. It's too predictable. You know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with the Ravens as my AFC Super I like Bowl representative. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're going to have a really, really good year this year. I really do. Lamar in a contract year, you got a ton to play for. Wouldn't wouldn't that be an amazing Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. You know, side story. Oh, yeah. If Lamar was a free agent going into into playing in the Super Bowl in Arizona this winter, that would be crazy. Um, so I'm going to go Ravens from the AFC. Okay, NFC, who do you got? <sighs> NFC is uh, – wow, and NFC is really tough. Um, I'm going to – yeah, it's it's really tough. I'm going to go ahead and uh, – I'm going to I'm I'm going to say that if this is a big big if, okay? But I really do think that if these Saints win the division, get a first round bye, that they are just as talented all around as any other team in the NFC. I'm going to go Broncos Saints Super Bowl. I wow. know it sounds crazy. That's- 
that's a crazy pick. I mean, the one thing I will agree with you on, you know, honestly, like I'm not predicting them to, to win, make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, but I like the Saints this year. And I'm almost, almost so close to picking them to win that division. I'm, I'm just, I just, you know, I just can't quite get there yet. But from the sample size we saw from Jameis Winston last year, he played terrific. If, if he had been healthy all year last year, the Saints would have been irrelevant and would have been important in the NFC last season. So I totally agree with you that that Saints team is a good team, that Jameis Winston is going to be successful this year in New Orleans. And I think that this 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 is that is not as crazy a pick as it sounds like on the surface. I really agree with you that the Saints are – they're going to be a good team this year. And Jameis Winston, I think, is going to be a success. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think, honestly, once you get – I think the way the NFC is going to be, you know, once you get in those playoffs, like, you know, clear, obviously anything can happen. Um, but I think it's, you know, one of those years that I think having maybe a first-round bye and winning your division um, is going to be super important. And I just look at that team right now, and I just think top to bottom, you know, they're, they're well-built and they have talent. And I'm going to go with the the Rams, as boring as it is. I just think – I look at this field. It's so wide open. There's a whole bunch of mediocrity in the NFC. Um, I know you you want to go – you may want to go with the Bucs. Brady's got huge issues and questions. That team has huge issues and questions. The Packers have huge issues. I feel like the Rams are kind of the safe, steady pick. So I'm going something with a little bold in the AFC by picking the Ravens. I'm going to go with – boring conservative pick in the NFC and I'm going to pick the Rams. So I'm going to go Ravens Rams. You went Broncos Saints, which is just a crazy Super Bowl, but that would be interesting if that were the case. Okay, Justin, any other predictions? Who's going to be the MVP this year? Uh, that's tough. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Lamar Jackson. I, I okay, think, I think, that would be great. I think he, uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Scratch that. I think he's up there. Um, I'm going to say Russell Wilson. That's what I'm taking. I'm taking Russell okay. Wilson wow. as, my, as my MVP. Bold pick. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say um, I'm going to say uh, Josh Allen will be the MVP this year. I, I just feel like sometimes with the MVP, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And he has so much preseason buzz surrounding him right now that I really feel like he's going to come out. He's going to have a great year. And, and I think that this is going to be the year that that he gets MVP. Now, will that translate into a Super Bowl or not? I guess would be the real question. But but I feel like Allen is is the pick this year for MVP. Okay, a couple other things that that I wanted to just very quickly touch on before we wrap it up for the week. But and um, number one, um, the college football playoff. You know, this is the Doctor Football podcast. We talk mostly about pro football. We talk mostly about the Patriots, but we talk about all football. What are your thoughts on this college football um, playoff situation? Because to me, Justin, okay, to me, um, it's it says something about the NCAA that it took 35 years to finally have a playoff that makes sense. If the NCAA was a remotely functional organization, they would have done this in 1990 or 1988. And I'm not even kidding. I, I mean, I've been playing – you know, video games, I remember playing video games as a kid and you would set up the college football playoff tournament at the end. And it was like amazing. And you'd be like, why can't this be real? I mean, it's been that way for 30 plus years. How did it take them so long? They, they, they have saved college football. College football has become stale. It has become boring. Yeah. It is the same yeah. four teams, five teams, six teams every year that have a chance. And the rest of it is B-level. 
And, 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 and by creating a 12 team playoff, they're going to open the door to all these B plus, A minus, B programs that were completely out of it. Okay. Because they're not Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, or, um, you know, one or two others, right? They were completely out of it. Well, now those teams have a chance to play for the postseason. And I think recruits are going to go to schools now that they wouldn't even consider before. If you're, if you're a college player, a high school player, and, you know, you get the chance to go to a school like UNC or BC or Rutgers or Oregon. And, you know, today you can't feel like if you go to that school, you're playing for a championship and you're playing at the highest stage and on the biggest level. But in three years, you will have that chance. I think they've saved college football. Yeah, no, I, I when I got the notification you know, that was something that, cause I, I, I'm not going to lie. I love football. I love football to death. Okay. But it stops at the NFL level. Like I just cannot get myself to, to watch college. It's so funny. Cause at this time of the year, you got college football on pretty much like every night of the week, like, you know, yeah. on Saturdays when the NFL isn't and like, if you like, it should be like amazing. You should look at college football. Like, wow. Like I get football every day, but I just can't get myself to, to buy into it, all these, you know, you, you know, you look and you yes, see these forty points. Most of the games, form. most of those games are completely irrelevant, so irrelevant. towards oh. the getting of getting of a championship. If you're saying, how do we get to a championship? We have to get to the postseason, and then you play for it in the postseason. Well, there is no postseason, right? Unless you're one of those top five or six programs. So for ninety five percent of these games, they're irrelevant. And oh, by the way, even those top six programs. 90% of the games they play are against teams that are so inferior to them that it's completely disinteresting. Like Alabama goes and beats the crap out of Ole Miss, like 48 to seven, you know, th- that's not entertainment. That's not, that's not com- com- competition. That's not what we want. So it, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, there's a ton of college football on it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Now it won't be in two years when there's 12 teams in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited for that. Um, I think, like you said, I think that's what college football needed. I think it it also eliminates a lot of the controversy too. You know, with the whole selection committee, and you know, it used to be picking the two best teams, and that was crazy controversial. Then you narrowed it down to to four, and that was still controversial. You still every year someone's complaining that their team got snubbed. Um, now at twelve teams, you know, you you really are opening up the fields, and uh, I think it's going to be very interesting. To see how that all plays and you out. wait and see because that that first those first couple of years, the difference between the one and the twelve seed is going to be massive. Like you know Alabama or, or something versus whoever sneaks in at twelve, it's going to be a massive difference. But give it some time and give some time for the parity and to, to strike and the recruiting classes to kind of even out. And I'm telling you, five years after this thing starts, the difference between a one seed and a 12 seed is not, is going to be just like the basketball tournament. It's not going to be that much different in terms of talent. And you will have competition and parity restored back to college football in a way that hasn't been there in a long time, you know, and, and that's going to be a good thing for all of us that just simply want to watch a meaningful, entertaining, competitive, relevant product. A hundred, a hundred percent. Like that's going to make me tune in to college football for sure. All right, man. Well, I think that's all we got this week. You know, it's, it's been, it's been a long off season. It's been a long preseason. It really has. This has been a, just a bizarre, boring, um, frustrating, negative preseason like any other. I'm, I'm so glad it's over. I'm just so glad this preseason is over. 
Yeah, me too, man. And, and, and you know, especially like at the now it's the two even more yeah. than usual. Yeah, even more than usual. You know. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. Like I'm pumped. It's finally here. This is what we've been waiting for. Um, we got a great game to open up the season, right? I'm pumped for tonight. Rams, uh, Rams, Bills. I think that's a great matchup. And uh, and then Sunday, we're back at it, man. We're in the thick of it again. And you know, as much as we, as much as I say, oh, the Patriots are going to win, and I mean, you know, that's that's a lot of me being a fanboy because the reality is, if you were asking me, like, for the first time in a long, long time, I have no idea what's going to happen and what the product's going to look like on Sunday, you know, in, in Miami, I really, I have absolutely no idea what, what this team is going to look like, what, what, what's going to, what's going to happen. I mean, you just have no idea, you know, every year we went out there with Brady, how many years in a row, we kind of had a pretty damn good idea of what this team was going to be, you know, one way or the other within a couple of games of each other. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this team was, if they were five and 12, would it surprise you? If they were 12 and five, would it surprise you? I mean, no. if they, if they, if they come out and look awesome, would it surprise you? If they come out and just get pummeled, none of it would surprise me. I truly don't know um, deep down inside, despite what I might say, what I actually expect on, on Sunday. And it's, it's going to be intriguing. It's going to, it's going to be compelling. It's going to be good theater. And, we're going to have a lot to look at on Monday when we record again. No, we're going to have a ton. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to, we're going to learn a lot week one. I mean, you know, and I, that's maybe cliche to say, but, uh, but really there's a lot of question marks on a lot of teams, a lot of plays coming out of this off season. And, uh, it's going to be great to finally get some answers to some questions. And I, well, you look, we're going to learn a lot about the Patriots. On, on the sure. I think gonna, that that is going to be, you know, the biggest thing. We're going to learn a ton. And look, obviously the caveat to that is, you can't judge a team just based upon week one, right? We've seen that plenty of times play out. Obviously teams can get better or worse and things can happen, but I do think it's somewhat of a good indication of, of what you can most likely expect. So, well, look at, look at green Bay last year, right? They got pummeled in week one. Was it, right. was it against, uh, against New Orleans? The, against they, New Orleans in, in Jacksonville. Bay, right? Was it Jacksonville? They played that game. No, they played the game in Jacksonville because there was some kind of – wasn't there some kind of weather situation? Oh, in New yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and look how bad they look. But you know what? The difference the difference between them and the Patriots is they have Aaron Rodgers, right? And, and you know, I think that for some of the reasons we alluded to, it's so important, just the psychological side of it, the confidence side of it. Getting off to a fast start is going to be massive for this team – you're right. You know, whatever happens on Sunday, the season isn't over. It's just one game. We've seen it a hundred times. A team promoted and have a horrible start, going to have a great year. We Pages have won Super Bowls losing in week one. So not overreacting is probably going to be, you know, one of the challenges that all of us as fans face on Sunday. But, but I also do think that because of the, because of some of the moral and psychological um, position that this team is in right now, I do feel like a week one win or loss is going to have more impact than usual. hundred um, percent. Every single game for this Patriots team counts. No pun intended. We're, we're out of the Tom Brady preseason extends to the first four games era. This is, this is huge. And we talked about all those yeah. reasons and uh, you know, I, I, you can't emphasize it enough. It's, it's a pretty big game. Absolutely, bud. All right. Well, listen, any final thoughts, Justin, before we wrap it up for the week? No, I'm just happy to be back, man. I really am. I'm uh, I'm grateful to have football back in my life. So let's do let's it. Let's go. Enjoy the game tonight. I'll be watching. I'm, we'll be rooting for the Rams tonight. We'll see what happens. It'll be great. 
great if the Bills could start 0-1. That yeah. would be terrific. You know? So we'll see what happens. But it's back. Everyone, football is back. And, and we have a whole season ahead of us. Best time of the year, I think, really, September and October. Football, good weather, you know, comfortable, ton of things to do. It's a great time. Enjoy it, everyone. We'll be back next week recording again. Whatever does happen in Miami on Sunday, we are going to – be back here analyzing it, talking about it, and and hopefully celebrating a Patriots win. But I guess that's what we'll find out soon. Have a great week, everyone. You got any final thoughts, Justin? No, that's it, guys. Enjoy football. Enjoy the game. It's games, everyone. Be good. Mm-hmm.